Hello and welcome to Docupied, podcast about anime, manga, light novels, and industry news. I'm your host, Brandon, otherwise known as DocPay. Let's jump right into the focus for this week, which is an update on the light novel Ascendance of a Bookworm by Mia Kazuki, published in English by J Novel Club. decided to do things a little differently with this episode. I figured I'd put the introduction first and then test out playing the song after the intro. I don't know why, but hey, let me know. Uh, do you prefer the intro at the start or so you can maybe just skip it ahead? <laughs> or do you like uh, inserting the intro after the intro song after I, you know, introduce the series? I don't know. I don't think it really matters. Let me know if you uh, think it does. <laughs> Having recently finished reading uh, the volume 16 of Ascendance of a Bookworm, I thought, you know, the series is very different from how it began. I really would like to talk about it again on the podcast and give kind of an update. So that's what this episode is. Uh, the initial episode that I talked about Ascendance of a Bookworm on was actually the first episode of the podcast back after I had decided to reboot things, uh, you know, after the pandemic and all that kicked off. And so a lot of things have changed for me since then. And so I figured let's dedicate a whole episode to one of my favorite light novels, like I've been doing with all the recent episodes. I'm definitely much happier with the, the current format of the podcast, where I dedicate each episode to a specific series, whether light novel, anime, manga, or some combination of them like for one specific thing. I like really focusing in on one thing for each one now. I feel like that works for me. And so I figured, like I said, a sentence of a bookworm deserves an update. When I did the first episode, so it was episode nine of the podcast way back when, the light novel for the series was up to volume six, I think I recall seeing or saying. And it was definitely like post anime adaptation or during, I forget which one. And so in terms of story arc, all I knew about and could cover were content or was content from part one and halfway through part two. In terms of context, like I said, that was like six volumes of light novel. Now the 17th volume, the first part of the 17th volume just went up like Monday and so we're we're a bit further in uh we're now on it's part four we're halfway through part four and given how significantly things are different in the world of the series i felt like since i just finished reading volume 16 why not talk about it right now so what that means for you dear listener is that if you want an impression of the series like the first couple of volumes of the series you can go back and listen to that old episode, or you can go to the episode where I talk about the first and second season of the anime, and you'll get a good feel for what a like the base of this series is and the writing and, and how it is at the start. So what that means is if you have no 
prior knowledge of bookworm at all going into this episode right now, I will be talking about circumstances in the novel through the first four parts. If, for example, you've watched the first two seasons of the anime, you'll be familiar with content up through part two, essentially. So not that different from where I was in the first episode of the podcast that I talk about this. So there's your kind of general outline warning of the content I'm going to talk about. This will be like, there's no way to avoid talking about more spoilers for this series. Like if you're, like I said, only watched the anime or only listened to the first one, the initial, my initial impressions episode still holds, I think. I don't know. I haven't listened to it (laughs) uh, since then, but I'm pretty sure it still holds up. What I'm going to talk about now is how the series has evolved, where it stands now in part four, and just basically, I wanted another opportunity to talk about how good this series is, so that's what I'm going to do. In that vein, I'm probably not going to talk too much about some of the early content, because I already did talk about all that, but I will be talking about maybe the changes and differences between the early setting and the current stuff. So if you have absolutely no idea at all about Bookworm, then I will be mostly talking about later stuff. Not to say don't listen to this episode, but like, you know, come back to it. <laughs> or listen to it if you don't care. I'm, I won't spoil like major things. Uh, that's not true at all. In order to cover the content later, I kind of have to. So, mm. I mean, it's like reading a Wikipedia version of it. You get kind of a summary of events, but... I don't feel that that changes or ruins the experience of the actual, like just reading the light novel, in my opinion. Now that I'm done with that super long qualifier and explanation that you probably don't need and probably scared off half of the people who may have thought to listen to this, allow me to tell you about Ascendance of a Bookworm. So like I said, it's it's written by Mia Kazuki. Uh, It's published in English by Jane Alva Club. The 17th volume is currently Simul Publishing. And 17th volume is the fifth volume of the fourth part. Volume 16, the uh, digital version, will be properly published later this month. Uh, Physicals, I think, right now are publishing the end of part three, I think. If I look over at my shelf, I think I've got part three, volume two. It's the most recent one. So there's quite a bit of staggered difference in terms of like where various readers might be. So just for reference, my frame of reference here is currently up to date through volume 17, part one. And I said I was done with the qualifications. I think maybe a good jumping off point here to talk about some of the differences is I'm, I'm expecting a base level of knowledge from you listening that maybe you know about the first part or two, like the stuff the anime covers. But here's the blurb on Jane Alville Club. A certain college girl who's loved books ever since she was a little girl, dies in an accident and is reborn in another world she knows nothing about. She is now mine, the sickly five-year-old daughter of a poor soldier. To make things worse, the world she's been reborn in has a very low literacy rate and books mostly don't exist. You'd have to pay an enormous amount of money to buy one. Mine resolves herself. If there aren't any books, she'll just have to make them. Her goal is to become a librarian. The story begins with her quest to make books so she can live surrounded by them. 
dive into this bibliofantasy written for book lovers and bookworms. So it is a medieval fantasy isekai story setting. And at least through parts one and two, this like description is mostly exactly how the story unfolds. And it's what I mainly focused on and talked about in, I think, the first podcast episode I did talking about it. This is something that I feel like Bookworm does pretty fantastically. Um, not that many series are able to evolve its core cast and setting in such a way that still retains, I feel like, the magic and the cohesion of the, the writing and story and plotting in a way the bookworm does. You know, we're at full, like I've read 16 full volumes of this story so far, and it's amazing to me how good it still is. Or even in another way, how much it continues to improve. And yet, if, if you were, for example, to read volume 16 right now, uh, or rather, if you read volume one, and then you read volume 16, nothing in between, you would be absolutely like confused and lost in terms of how the hell you got from there to there. You could probably fill some stuff in, but the core like characters and plot threads have changed and evolved over the course of these volumes pretty significantly. But that doesn't mean the core of the series is that different. Mine herself remains at the heart and core of Ascendance of a Bookworm. And what that means is that because you largely work from her perspective, not all the time, I love reading chapters from other characters' perspectives, it's actually a real treat, but the story and the thrust of the plot and story is told through Mine's perspective, and later on... He is known as Rosamine, for reasons, plot reasons. Uh, but mine and then Rosamine continue to be the heart and soul and core of Bookworm. And what that, like I said, means is that while her circumstances and the characters involved in like each of those transitions shift and change and evolve and take on new roles or lesser or different roles or split from her in different ways, the series at its foundation is very much the same feel as it always has been. I don't feel like I'm reading something totally different. It is still the same story, just, you know, over the course of many books, things have really changed. Uh, and that is impressive for me. And it's not because, you know, change is impressive by itself, but that all of it has felt very organic and natural in terms of plot. The way things became the way they are and shifted and changed was well choreographed. It all logically flows and makes sense. The character arcs are diligently created and followed through on. Things aren't really left to the wayside in this story. We're not in such a different position now because we've cut out or just you know, switched on a dime to something different. Not at all. The characters early on that were some of the core characters, and I guess maybe I'm trying to be a little vague here to not spoil things, but, you know, I'll mention a few. Um, early on, and at least through the first two parts or so, characters like Lutz and Benno are 
absolutely core to the story and plot and mind's world at that time. Part two, we are introduced to Ferdinand, or the high priest, and he, as things shift and change, obviously grows uh, in importance through part two, but the core of the first two parts is mine, her family, her friends and associates from the lower part of the city, the commoners, and from part three on, things do shift, but none of those characters are written out, none of the circumstances, well, again, I'm trying not to spoil too much, but the circumstances of those characters change fairly drastically in different ways for different characters, but they're not just like left by the wayside after the real big shift that mine goes through uh, at the start of, at the end of part two into part three, where she goes from mine to Rosamine, and that change signals something significant in her life which then trickles down into everyone else surrounding her. So now she's in new circumstances that she has to learn to adapt to, and those core characters of her life as a commoner, and just trying to you know, push along her dreams and protect her friends and family, things like that, they don't go away. In volume 16, those characters are all still there. Their roles are just different now because they they had to be. This is something I really think is a very strong aspect of this work, is that generally characters and plot threads are never thrown to the wayside and just forgotten about. Things have purpose, continue to have purpose, and evolve and change with the story, and mine and Rosamine specifically, or rather because of her, things around her shift and change. So I've been kind of tap dancing around the main shift here, but the the main shift from part two to three, which is kind of one reason I wanted to talk about like an update of this series, is that between part, you know, the end of part two and three, she goes from mine, the commoner. Well, each part signals some significant shift in the story. Let me just back up there. Uh, but part two and three in particular is the biggest shift so far. In that, you know, part one to two, she joins the temple and becomes a, an apprentice blue shrine maiden. Part two to three, however, sees a significant shift in that the commoner mine is basically no longer. And Rosamine is now who she is. And Rosamine is the adopted daughter of the Archduke of Arenfest. So that's a big change. And that comes with a whole new set of settings and characters and world building. Parts one and two are very much small in focus. We set up all these things of Arenfest as a city, the craftsmen, the the current state of the city and world around her, like directly around her. It's very focused in terms of setting, small scale. Part two to three kind of blows that out a little bit. And opens things up to where she's now a noble and actually at the like peak of noble society in this city. And so not only does it open up new avenues to her pursuing mine or Rosamond pursuing her dream of being a librarian and filling her space with books and all things bookworm, that never shifts. Like I said, Rosamine at her heart and core 
she grows as a character in various ways, but at her core, she is still, it's still there from volume one to 16. She is of course changed and grown and adapted with her circumstances. Like you can still feel like she is still mine. She's still Rosamund. Like it's fascinating that a character I feel like is so still quintessentially herself while being and having to be an entirely different person. And this goes to another, I think, real strength of Miyakazuki, the writer in this case, where the characters feel distinct. They all have their own motivations. There's various things at play at all times. And I really enjoy the character writing in this story. And it's also why the alternate perspective or alternate POV chapters or parts of chapters are some of my favorite interludes uh, in the story. Anytime we get the perspective and, and thoughts of a character that isn't mine or Rosamine, we always learn something new or interesting, or it just brings a fresh new look into what's going on in the story, in the world. Something that is outside of Rosamine's like immediate attention, because she and her attention generally are pretty focused on certain things, which means that these inner these interspersed additional POV chapters or characters provide a lot of fascinating context about the world outside of our main character. And I love that. I think it's quite telling that as a reader, I look forward to updates of all these other characters and what they're doing and what they're thinking and feeling as much as I do even our main character and what she's doing. Like, I love the the mine, Rosamine focused story as it progresses, but like the nice little like caramel centers of outside POV chapters are just wonderful. And so with character writing being as generally like thorough and, and strong as it is, the characters that, like I said, form the core from part one and two, like Lutz and Benno, they remain part of the story through parts three and four. They don't go anywhere. Their role in the story changes. They're definitely not as involved in the core plot arcs as they were, because they are commoners, and Rosamine is now dealing mo- like with noble society. So her direct point of view puts her and puts her focus on things going on within noble society of Aaronfest, and then in part four, puts her into the Royal Academy, dealing with more inter-duchy politics and people. And so there was a pretty big shift between part three and four as well. I won't talk too much about that just because this is definitely like post, like significant post anime. Uh, so I'll be a little more vague on this part, but there, there is another significant shift between each, like I said, each part. So part three to four, again, expands the world and minds or Rosamine's own interaction with the world increases in a way that parts one and two never could have accomplished. Like it takes this many volumes to get the story in a place like this. And I've loved it all, obviously. But I think what I appreciate most about this story is that it built its way there and in such a way that the story was grounded and focused in both setting and character and plotting in parts one and two. It created this fantastic, strong foundation of characters and world that then part three 
took it to another level with introducing an aspect that wasn't super dealt with, noble society within Aaronfest. And so, again, mine and mine's, or Rosa mine at the time, is, is pushed into a new situation that opens things up beyond just the lower part of, like, the commoner section of the, the city. And so now she's getting perspective on everything in Aaronfest. Part four then pulls her even beyond Aaronfest itself and into the Royal Academy, which deals with all of the different duchies within the entire like kingdom. And so the scale and the world and the characters are all evolving and shifting as mine and Rosamine herself evolves and shifts throughout this story. It's all built upon itself. We, we couldn't have mine or we couldn't have, yeah, like you couldn't take mine from part one and toss her into part, you know, the, the Rosamine of part four at the Royal Academy and have a coherent story. This is something that I think many isekai have a real problem with, is they start too big too fast, or they're written in such a way that it's such a boring, plain world that it's it's really generic from a bird's eye view, and then as you even try and like zoom in, there's no additional detail there. There's nothing. Because they, they didn't set up or establish any small-scale plotting or threat or, or setting there's just nothing fleshed out beneath the surface. Whereas Bookworm did the opposite and started real focus, small scale, and evolved through each part to open things up further and further in a natural way that makes it so that this world of Ascendance of Bookworm is just so well fleshed out, especially you know through 16 volumes. It is one of the most interesting and well-developed like light novel settings in addition to like i said well-crafted character arcs and characters that shift and change and and grow over time as the thing like their role in the book in in the story changes it's it's fascinating how something can change and shift so much but still have the same strong core from the from like the beginning and so we're we're partway through part four now in terms of volume count i think and this is the royal academy arc essentially and things again like the scale of things that happen is unlike anything from parts one and two but it still feels like the same story and i definitely think the writing and like the world building everything has been refined to such a, a good degree that i really had to talk about this series again you know as much as i rented and raved about how much i loved the series you know at the first six volumes that i read and i did i love it even more now it's it's built on itself in such a satisfying way that there are some light novels that there are definitely other books and light novels that build on themselves in 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 good ways but i feel like bookworm is one of the better examples of it that 16 volumes in I can continue to say that it's just as good, if not even better, than it was at the start. While the story might not be the same, like, you know, poor, down-on-her-luck, sickly girl just trying to do anything she can to, like, be close to books, like, that isn't where she is as Rosamine at the Royal Academy. That's that's not at all what what's going on at this at this stage of the story. 
But that doesn't mean Rosamine still isn't, you know, almost laser focused on books and pushing that, you know, except now she's pushing from the top, the adopted daughter of the Archduke. She's able to commission and have printing presses created, letter types, different inks that work with, you know, the plant paper that they invented using various types of wood in this world. Like things are beyond her just like scraping together some clay to try and make clay tablets to write on because that's all she has access to. She's now pushing literacy and establishing a printing industry within Aaronfest. So like I said, the, the scale has built up, but the core of it is the same. And taking another few steps there, I think initially, you know, the first two parts are very medieval fantasy in that like magic and actual fantasy aren't things you know there weren't any fantasy races or creatures or magic that is no longer the case (laughs) um and i actually i don't mean that at all in any way negatively the series didn't need them and it didn't make sense well i guess there were some fantasy-esque stuff you know especially once she went to the forest and could experience some stuff there uh but largely Mine, the commoner who lived in the lower city, was ignorant and had to be ignorant of the greater world of magic and mana and all of that. It wouldn't make any sense to introduce all that other stuff that's just straight up outside of her knowledge and perspective that she could ever deal with at the time. Now in the world, you know, we've expanded to such that we have characters now in different cities and different duchies and throughout this kingdom that we we do now finally get to see the greater state of this kingdom and mana and magic play a far more significant role in the world of nobles but it has almost little effect on the commoners it's such a neat setup that makes a ton of sense and now that rosamine is like deeply embedded within noble society, she actually gets to see and learn and experience all the stuff with mana and magic that weren't available to mine the commoner. That's not to say Rosamine herself is, you know, some crazy OP magic wielder, but she does have some advantages based on her experiences as mine the commoner and her her knowledge from, you know, her previous life, of course. But that doesn't change her nature. It doesn't change how she goes about things. She's still the same like core person. And so the series, I think, will always be centered and focused on Mind's or Rosamine's goals and her drive for books. Which means, you know, while they've now introduced magic and and creature various fantasy esque creatures and, you know, kind of fantastical elements to the world it doesn't feel too much at all it's it's been thoroughly built up over the course of these volumes and i actually find the system of mana and magic and like alchemy that they use to be much more in-depth and interesting than many others it's not game-like there's no like rpg terminology nonsense there aren't levels there's none of that and not to say that Things that use that sometimes are bad because I have read some stories that do and I enjoy them, but I do feel like it's a crutch 
of many Japanese light novel writers to just pull in RPG stuff in a way that makes it so they don't have to flesh out their setting or their systems quite as thoroughly. In the same way that I feel like Western, like English writers, often like pull from like D&D or Lord of the Rings in such a way that makes it so that they don't have to do the same thing. Like it just changes. There's just a difference in the mechanics, like story mechanics that these writers are pulling from. Many Japanese light novel writers pull from JRPGs, whereas like Western authors will pull from like D&D or Lord of the Rings, stuff like that. Not to say there's not crossover on both ends, obviously, but Bookworm is its own unique fantasy world and series that is not like a carbon copy of like a generic JRPG world. And it is also not a, a remotely carbon copy of like a D&D world or Lord of the Rings. It's, it's none of that. It's its own very unique world and setting. Well crafted and thought out world and setting is where I'm getting. So I could go on for a while about how interesting things are in the story and the setting. And I've hopefully avoided, you know, any like I've told some of the bigger like plot shifts, but I haven't given any real context for them. So hopefully this episode was maybe new listener or new reader friendly ish. Um, but I'm, I'm just I was so excited. I'm even now reading the series weekly as it's simul published and I really don't frequently like to do that. I like to just wait for all the parts to be available, but I, I started reading Bookworm and then, you know, I, this was, I don't know, maybe two volumes ago. I, I read through volume like 15, I think. And then I think like the first two parts were available for volume 16. So I read those because I was just like, whatever, man. And then I had to know what kept happening. And so I read all of volume 16 and now I'm reading volume seven. It, it's just, I can't wait <laughs> every week, you know, the part drops on like Mondays and I'm like, what if I just read it? What if I don't wait? So I've been, I've been suckered in and it's fine. I'm just so thrilled and happy with reading a sentence of a bookworm that I wanted to share how good it's been. And also if you're into the series, uh, there are fan books uh, put together or not put together by fans, but like there's a fan book out volume one and I think volume two digitally and eventually in print as well that has a bunch of really cool illustrations and artwork from like the light novel artist character designs uh, like layout and floor plan of like the temple grounds interview like short stories with some of the some short stories from the characters and interviews with the author like a Q&A style interview so if you didn't know about that and you're a fan of bookworm the fan books are really cool and really interesting. You should definitely check those out too. But yeah, I, th- I think that's going to wrap me up. Um, maybe I'll do another update in another couple of years once we're, uh, you know, into part five or six. Who knows? Um, or once maybe we catch up with the Japanese uh, novels. But hopefully you forgive me from taking the opportunity to just gush about how much I've been enjoying the latest volumes of Bookworm. Because it's so good. If you have not read Bookworm, or if you've not watched the anime, it's so good. It's just so good. And I'm definitely biased towards it, uh, because it has a couple of my favorite, not tropes, but like, 
it's built on some of my favorite building blocks of stories that I really enjoy, but that doesn't take away from it. It's it's incredibly well, well written and plotted. The characters are interesting and dynamic. The world and setting is unique and magical in a way that not many others are. It's just a great series. So I highly recommend it. Ascendance of a Bookworm by Mia Kazuki, published by J Novel Club. They're doing physical and digital, or you could, you know, be suckered in like me and have a premium subscription and read the parts as they're available because you just can't wait. And the anime is really good too. So like it's, it's an adaptation, so it loses out and misses some stuff, but I've, I've talked about the first two seasons. You can go listen to that episode if you want my like breakdown of how the anime does, but overall it's, it's pretty good. Anyway, that's it for this episode. You've heard me talk about how much I love this series enough for one episode. So thanks for listening. You can follow my Twitter, I am DocPay, for updates. And please, if you like Docupied, leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Every review helps. I'll catch you next time.